In this post, you will discover the poetry writing process. Although the process is designed in sequential stages, it is not rigid. You can jump to any part that works for you. What I employ for transforming a poem into a work of art utilizes the lifelong process I've used since childhood, bringing together personal experience, observation, and instinct to shape the language of a poem. Genuine poetry can communicate before it is understood. T.S. Eliot When I start writing a book, specifically a poetry book, I begin with two foundations to ensure its success, a poetry book outline, and a poetry writing process with a template. The poetry book outline is the broader picture of the book, asking the following questions. What is the book about? What's the overarching narrative or theme? How many poems will it include? What sources of inspiration and research will aid it? What is the title of the book? How do I want to arrange it? Alphabetical, chronological, or closely related sub-themes? For instance, the book The Cool and Warmth of Hearts is about romantic love with similar poems sectioned together under a sub-theme of pining in love and heartbreak. I go into more detail on how I answer these questions when planning a poetry book and before I map out each poem in the collection. However, when I came up with the outline, it was not something I found in a specific book. Well, none I could find in my online research about the poetry writing process, not even on a poet's website. Maybe some creative artist out there believes having an outline stifles creativity. On the contrary, it helps me rein in in some of the chaos in producing a quality poem because you're not a prisoner to the whims of your muse. And frankly, when you show up to write and be clear about what you're working on, you are far more likely to make progress once the writing flow of creativity takes its course. I'm sure there's a superstar writer who can crank out a thousand words of prose or five poems in under an hour. Otherwise, I'll take my chances to finish a book with my approach. Here are the steps in my poetry writing process. Ideation, free writing and prose, theme, structure, word list, poetic form, sources of inspiration, and three phases of writing and revision. Despite the linearity of the steps, there is a fluidity between them. For example, once I clearly grasp the book's overall theme, I can seek which authors, books, poems, or other sources will inspire me throughout the process. As I read through each poem, I remember the various steps in the writing process to stay focused and determined. If I need to change a specific area, like working with a different poetic form or revisiting a poem's structure. Beginning with step one, ideation. There are many ways to generate ideas for your poem. Still, I suggest beginning with a list of words or phrases or drawing inspiration from various subtle sources, whether in real life or from media like movies, books, or poems. Then write it down as soon as possible. Here are some examples with the help of Lady Muse where to discover ideas. History, what you read and learn. Maybe you want to write about the fall of the Roman Empire, your history or someone you know. Emotion, what emotion, feeling is powerfully evoked in what context and pervades our life often enough to warrant scrutiny. Location, where are you looking? Are you looking at people in a cafe, on a seat in a park or nearby ducks swimming in the lake? Or are you looking at things in your home? phrases, watching a movie, reading a novel or poem, and a particular word sticks out as the impetus for something later. Philosophy, you can ask and address what is good, true, and real. Why we are meaning-seeking beings, which can help you navigate life's decisions and expand your point of view through a narrative or deliberate contemplation as you map it out. Psychology, studying and observing how people think, act, and feel convey how personality plays into it or the meaning behind recurring dreams. Mythology, creation and end the world myths. 
how secret stories still resonate with us today, mainly present in today's books, such as the Harry Potter series, alludes to many mythos through symbolism and the like. Myths explore mysteries, they do not explain them. Themes For example, playing a narrative video game and discovering the overall theme that recurs in the playthrough, such as symbolism or motifs or a hero's journey in which they conquer their inner demons about the human condition and bring back the elixir of life. Narrative presentation or interpretation of a scenario or series of events that advocates for a specific worldview. Writing prompts. There is an array of prompts you can find online to kickstart a project, especially for those moments of writer's block. Serendipity. Inspiration born from drifting. Journaling. Sometimes an unexpected reflection about life strikes an idea. Market research. Write something about what people want more of or combine two disparate genres to pioneer something new. There are a few more ways to brainstorm or receive inspiration, but what's important is that you have methods for noting these ideas before they flee from your psyche. In my case, I use Evernote, Google Docs, or a notepad to take down notes, and when I don't have access to these, I jot them down on a sticky note. Sometimes I find myself struck with inspiration in the middle of the night. I quickly jot it down on paper because we should never take for granted something that serves as an excellent source for our writing and more importantly, for our lives. Step two, free write in prose. When writing poetry, the best place to start is with free writing. Free writing is a process where you write without stopping or editing, and it can be a great way to get your creative juices flowing. Here are some tips on how to get started with free writing or poetry. Find a comfortable place to write where you won't be interrupted. Then set a timer for five to 10 minutes and start writing. Don't worry about grammar or punctuation, just let the words flow. Once the timer goes off, Read over what you've written and see if phrases or images stand out to you. These could be potential starting points for a poem. Repeat this process until you feel you have some material to work with. Do not think about figurative language yet. You want to capture concrete imagery. Also, what are some things to keep in mind during free writing for poetry? When free writing for poetry, there are a few things to keep in mind to make the process more productive and effective. First, choosing a specific prompt or topic to write about beforehand can be helpful. This will give you something to focus on as you write and keep your thoughts and ideas organized. Additionally, don't forget to set a timer for yourself and trying to write nonstop for the entire time can be helpful. This will help get your creative juices flowing and allow you to produce a more cohesive piece of writing. Finally, don't worry too much about editing as you go. Just let the words flow out of you onto the page and worry about fixing things up later. No matter what source of inspiration you capture, I believe in trusting both unconscious and subconscious and free write without judgment. You need to find the gold nuggets and put them on the table like jigsaw pieces, like dropping words onto a sheet of paper to get them out of your head. Some words will make sense, some will not. It doesn't matter at this stage and the poetry writing process. What you want is the jigsaw pieces visible. From this fragmented soup of chaos, we want to achieve the following in this stage. Identify imagery, location, context, feeling, or theme. This applies to new and existing poems, stream of consciousness that doesn't judge or error correct. Later on, we arrange, rearrange, and give shape. Step three, theme. Why is it significant in literature? Well, the folks over at Reezy's blog have this to say about it. In literature, the theme of a story is, broadly speaking, what a book is about. There are concepts that pervade and recur through a piece of writing and are often reinforced by motifs. The theme of your story can be as broad as love or loneliness, or as specific as the idea that greed is the greatest force in human culture, or human behavior is the product of upbringing and experience, both of which are thematic statements because they express an opinion about the main theme. 
In this case, what is the poem about? Ultimately, most themes in literature is about the human condition, such as circle of life. What comes around goes around. The circle of life dwells on life's transience and impermanence. How death isn't death, just an evolution. Example, where the red fern grows by Wilson Rawls. Coming of age. Coming of age involves the intense experiences of growing up and how these experiences shape the future of the protagonist. Example, Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Good versus evil. One can argue that every story is about good versus evil, assuming the story has a protagonist and an antagonist. Still, good and evil are in internal conflict with each other, so writers must document how this conflict evolves. Example, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Power and Corruption Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This theme is often closely related to man versus society. Additionally, power can refer to a person's political leadership, personal wealth, physical prowess, etc. Example, Animal Farm by George Orwell. We are continually compelled to consider and evaluate thoughts, feelings, and ideas that need to be outlined, pictured, and brought into consciousness. Although tiresome, a particular theme in your life subconsciously won't go away. Even if you decide not to, it will eventually turn into another motif or a tale you must tell because it has value that needs to be explored. How does one find a theme? There is not one right way to find a theme for a poem. However, some common strategies that poets use to generate ideas for themes. One approach is to consider what topics and experiences you are passionate about or strongly feel about. Another option is to think about times in your life when you have felt particularly moved by something, either positively or negatively. Once you have brainstormed some potential themes, try free writing to see which inspires the most interesting and evocative ideas. Trust your instincts and go with the most natural and authentic theme. Next, we develop the theme. After you brainstorm possible themes for your poem, it's time to develop them into concrete message. This can be done by looking at the theme from different angles and thinking about how you can explore it in your poem. One way to develop your theme is to consider what inspired you to write about that particular theme. What are your personal experiences or observations that have led you to this theme? How can you share these experiences in your poem? Another way to develop your theme is to consider how it relates to the world around us. What current events or social issues does it connect with? How can you use your poem to comment on these issues? Finally, don't forget that a good poem needs more than just a strong message. It also needs interesting language and imagery. Step 4. Organize Structure when starting to write a poem, it can be helpful to have an outline. This can be more formal, detailed outline like you would for a school paper. Instead, a poetry outline can be more like a roadmap to help you get from the first idea to the finished product. Here are some things to consider when making your poetry outline. The topic or central idea of the poem. What feelings or emotions do you want to convey? What theme or message do you want to communicate? The poem's overall structure, such as stanzas, rhyme schemes, etc. What images or symbols do you want to include? One step at a time is all it takes to get you there. Emily Dickinson. Remember that a poetry outline is just a tool to help you get started. It is not set in stone. You should feel free to deviate. The first step in creating a poetry outline is to determine the purpose of your poem. This could be one of the most challenging aspects of writing a poem as it requires you to think about what your verse is saying and how it will express this meaning. Free writing is an excellent method to help flesh out what the poem is about and give form to abstract language. Once you have determined the purpose of your poetry, it is essential to decide on a theme or message. This should be relevant and meaningful to you as a writer. Still, it can also be a basic idea or concept in literature. 
With a theme in mind, you can choose your poem's title. Poems often have titles that are descriptive or metaphorical. Still, it is also acceptable to give your poem a title that simply describes the emotion or feeling of the work. Finally, you will want to choose a form of poetry that suits the theme and purpose of your poem. There are many forms of poetry, but they can be divided into two broad categories, narrative and non-narrative. Narrative poetry can be divided into narrative poems and dramatic poems. Narrative poems are poems that tell a story in chronological order. Dramatic poems, however, tell stories in a way that is not necessarily chronological. Saving story details for later in the poem might add to the drama or tension of the poetry. Non-narrative poetry does not tell a story. Instead, it is intended to evoke an emotional response from the reader. The poet uses words, sounds, images, and other literary devices to communicate this response. Poems can be written in a variety of poetic forms. Some common forms are free verse, haiku, limerick, sonnet, and ballad. Free verse is poetry that does not follow any specific form or rhyme scheme. Instead, its structure is determined by the poet and it can take in various forms and even a short poem can carry a lot of weight. Structure implemented with narrative arc. Narrative arc can vary between the hero's journey or Freytag's pyramid. Still, the most common and quite traditional is the three-story act, first observed in classical Greece, most notably in Greek tragedies, where the famous philosopher Aristotle analyzed how stories progress in his book Poetics. He posited a story has a cause and effect relationship rather than a standalone pieces and broken down into three acts. Act 1. Setup. Exposition, inciting incident, plot point 1. Act 2. Confrontation, rising action, midpoint, plot point 2. Act 3. Resolution. Pre-climax, climax, and denouement. Now structure implemented with character development. Change. Life is a continual process of change, so just about any moment can inspire you to write. Throughout your life, you can experience overwhelming changes like marriages, births, and deaths, and seemingly insignificant ones like new taste in food and variations in your appearance. Each of these events affect how you perceive and interact with the world. A timeline of major events when great changes have occurred Changes in turn lead you to make discoveries and decisions. Discovery. Moments of discovery occur daily. Sometimes these discoveries are life-changing, and other times they are much more subtle. Finding the courage to cope with situations may lead you to make another discovery or a very important decision. You can make informed and appropriate decisions by exploring the feelings surrounding a discovery, whether in writing or using another form of expression. Decision. You have to make decisions every day of your life whether a decision is important or trivial. You may come closer to a solution or decision by assessing your feelings and releasing them in poetic language. And even if you don't find the right choice this way, you at least have created some personal art. Step five, word list. When writing a poem, your chosen words can make all the difference. You want to select words that are evocative and convey the meaning and emotion you are trying to communicate. But with so many options available, how do you narrow down the best words for your poem? Here are a few poetry writing tips to help you select the most impactful words for your poem. Use concrete language. Abstract words can be difficult for readers to visualize and connect with. By using concrete language, you can create a more vivid and relatable experience for your reader. Consider alliteration and assonance. These poetic devices can add musicality and depth to your poem. Alliteration is a repetition of initial sounds, while assonance is a repetition of vowel sounds. Be aware of connotations. Words can have different meanings depending on the context. Using universally understood terms and avoiding those with multiple meanings is essential. 
use figurative language. Figurative language allows you to be more creative with your wording and make your poem stand out from other poems. When you write a poem or create a list of terms and organize them according to their senses, sensations, feelings, emotions, or meanings, start by extracting words or phrases from your free write. If you have any good ones, stop there. If not, look up similar words or phrases that best describe the poetry. A thesaurus can help if many words are weak, like looked or walked. Instead, try gazed or sauntered. Also prefer concrete nouns, for instance, the flag, over too many abstract nouns, for instance, freedom. It's easier to visualize a flag and symbolize it with freedom. When appropriate, it's acceptable to utilize abstract nouns when creating a word list. I utilize two different approaches. Suppose I'm using a formal poem such as an English sonnet with a precise rhyme scheme of A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, F, E, F, G, G. In that case, I'll arrange each rhyme letter with several rhyming words to decide which ones best fit the poem I'm going to write, for example. Letter A rhymes, crashing, bashing, clashing. Letter B rhymes, stray, day, fray. Letter C rhymes, adore, bore, core. Letter D rhymes, love, dove, shove. Letter E rhymes, me, be, glee. Letter F rhymes, temperate, date, late. Letter G rhymes, blown, bone, clone. If I'm using a free verse or experimental verse without a rhyme scheme, then my focus is finding the best words that fits the poem's theme, setting, and context rather than using rhyming words. Step six, poetic form. When choosing a form for your poem, there are a few things to keep in mind. First, consider the purpose of your poetry. What are you trying to communicate? Once you know the goal, you can narrow down your options. For example, a haiku might be the best choice if you want to write a short and sweet love poem. A sonnet might be a better option if you want to write about a complex subject matter. After you have considered the purpose of your poem, it's time to look at the different types of forms available. Some common poetic forms include sonnets, haikus, villanelles, sestinas, and gazos. Each form has its own set of rules regarding things like meter and rhyme scheme. Choose one that feels right for your poem, then find ways to inject figurative language and literary devices that add depth to a poem without affecting its essence. Poetry and beauty are always making peace. When you read something beautiful, you find coexistence. It breaks walls down. Mahmoud Darwish Finding the best language for the poem is the objective of this process stage. If you're an aspiring poet, choose a well-known form such as a haiku, sonnet, or common meter. They teach you how to arrange and construct the poem. As you gain experience, it will come naturally to you to break the rules and experiment with different parts of the figure of speech or repetition of sounds that resonate best with the poem. Decide if it works well in free verse, choosing a form that best delivers the message or mixed elements of different forms. If it's new, which form best suits its style, texture, and tone of language? Sometimes it fits a particular form's original design. For instance, Petrarch's sonnet, usually about unrequited love. Step 7. Sources of Inspiration Inspiration for poets can come in many different places. It could be an experience, something they saw or felt. It could be something as simple as a walk in the park or watching the sunset. Sometimes inspiration can come from other poets' work. Reading poetry can help inspire new ideas and thoughts. Hearing a specific word or phrase can also be inspiring. There are no rules when it comes to where inspiration comes from. It is different for everyone. Inspiration is often an overlooked great source of depth to the creative writing process. Instead, the poet will emphasize the various figurative language, poetic elements, and literary devices for their free verse poem, and wonder why they stare at a blank page. The most straightforward poetry writing tips are the simple ones, such as reading and collecting as many sources of inspiration as the writer does writing. 
Also, before thinking about which poetry forms to use, try free writing to test if you have enough information to pour out the abstract words into written words rather than bogged down by poetic elements in the first draft. There are a few ways to overcome writer's block when it comes to poetry. One way is to take a break from writing and come back with fresh ideas like walking in nature. Another way is to read other poems for inspiration or different genres like fantasy or short stories. Try drifting, which involves other activities like playing a video game. At the same time, your creative well fills up and subtly receives inspiration from drifting activities. Lastly, try writing in a different style or form to break out of the rut. For instance, write the poem in the sonnet form. Read relevant poems that fall within the theme, mood, emotion, feeling, and meaning of your poem or collection. This includes both bodies of work by a single author or an anthology of authors. If you are writing a love poem collection, find a collection of love poems. I advise reading it aloud for pure entertainment on your first reading. Then on subsequent readings, pay attention to the poem's form, meter, line breaks, stanzas, words, and phrases. You shall also research the poet's life story and the poem's context to understand the linguistic choices better. Thus, this information will inspire and enhance your work with each revision, where you subconsciously play with language. I recommend rereading the relevant poems throughout the poetry process until you have your final edited manuscript. Also, there is value to reading outside the genre, so feel free to take inspiration from other sources. Step 8. Three Phases of Writing and Revision Poetry is language at its most distilled and most powerful. Read a dub. When it comes to revising poetry, there are a few key things to look for. First, check the overall structure of your poem. Does it have a clear beginning, middle, and end? If not, consider revising the order of your lines or adding new transitions. Next, take a closer look at your choice of words. Are they precise and evocative? If not, try swapping them out for more accurate or vivid alternatives. Also, be sure to check for any spelling or grammatical errors. Finally, ask yourself if your poem's overall tone and mood are what you intended. If not, see if there are any changes you can make to achieve the desired effect. When you write poetry, here are a few poetic elements to finesse the editing process. Shaping your poem, line breaks, stanza, and pacing. Sound and rhythm, making your words sing. Images and symbols, creating visuals with language. Truth and emotion, writing from the heart. Regarding shaping your poem with line breaks, stanza, and pacing. When it comes to shaping your poem, there are three main aspects you need to take into account. Line breaks, stanzas, and pacing. All these elements play a role in how your poem will be read and interpreted by your audience, so it's essential to choose wisely. Line breaks can create a sense of rhythm or emphasize a specific syllable. They can also be used to create visual interest on the page. Stanzas can be used to group related thoughts together or to develop a sense of pause. And finally, pacing refers to the overall speed at which your poem is read. It can be fast-paced and energetic or slow and reflective. Experimenting is the best way to determine which line breaks, stanzas, and pacing will work best for your poem. Regarding sound and rhythm, making your words sing. As a poet, you know the importance of sound and rhythm in your work. By now, you probably develop a good ear for what sounds right in your poems. But what if you need help with how to make your words sing? Here are a few tips to help you revise your poem for sound and rhythm. Read your poem out loud. This is the best way to hear how the words sound together. As you read, pay attention to how the words flow and their rhythms. Listen for areas where the rhythm breaks down or sounds choppy. These are areas that you want to revise. Experiment with different versions of saying things. Try changing up the order of words or substituting other words altogether. See how these changes affect the sound and rhythm of your poem. When you are satisfied with the sound and rhythm of your poem, read it out loud. Often, the way you hear a poem the second time differs from the first. You may see something that needs to be changed or that you missed the first time. Regarding images and symbols, creating visuals with language. 
Images and symbols are an integral part of the poetry writing process. Poets can evoke emotion and create meaning in the work by creating visuals or language. For example, by using sensory images, poets can give readers a vivid picture of what they are experiencing. Using symbols, poets can add depth and layer of meaning from abstract imagery into concrete words. Both images and symbols are powerful tools to help poets create beautiful and moving poems. By carefully crafting their words, poets can create visuals that will stay with readers long after reading. Regarding truth and emotion, writing from the heart. When writing, the heart and emotion plays a big role. For some, writing is all about getting their feelings out there and putting them down on paper. It's a way to express themselves and get everything off their chest. And for others, writing is more about the joy and happiness that comes with it. But no matter what your reason for writing, it will only be as effective if you are honest with your emotions. To write from the heart, you must be truthful with your emotions. Don't hold back and don't try to sugarcoat anything. The more honest you are, the more impactful your writing will be. It might be difficult at first, but once you start, the words will start flowing out of you. Writing poetry from the soul will draw out a deeper meaning each time you write a poem. With these things in mind, you should be able to revise your poem in a way that makes it more effective and impactful. It helps paint what has been discussed so far with an example, so let's start with phase one. Once you have the poem's idea, free write some content, identify its theme, curate and wordless, identify its poetic form, and the structure and the way it will be told. Now it's time to add more details about the poem. The best way to describe a poem is to approach it like a blurb that captures its essence, helps you comprehend it from the reader's point of view, and clarifies your thoughts for phase two writing. The poem, A Great Loss, part one, in the book, The Cool and Warmth of Hearts. A Great Loss is a narrative poem written in free verse, and the poem's story in medias res is summarized as such. Something tragic happens between two lovers when the speaker does not find his lover at his bedside. The speaker does not see his lover and cannot remember why she left him alone when he woke up. So he worries that this concern would draw unnecessary attention and suspicion. His worry and reason for not being at his side makes him depressed. His thoughts spiral out of control into deeper misery and hopelessness as each minute devours him. Phase 2 You will transform your free writing into poetic form through its style and elements. This step will be chaotic and playful as you experiment with word arrangement, removal of words or phrases, swapping similar words, line breaks, and whether to use end stops or in jam lines. In continuation of phase one, A Great Loss Part One, the original version of this poem, sometime written a decade or more ago, started out with this piece. The one I love has vanished without a trace, as if she was vanished beyond the universe. Now, my heart feels misplaced without her embrace, as it fed me with warmth, never knowing when my broken heart is ever going to be replaced. No one would never know how I felt inside, even though the impression on my face may show, and as my intentions let's go, they may vision my action. Above all, they never knew how much I love her, as I endure her pondering wilt. I tried to erase the pain she flown into me, but I cannot escape. She had lied to be with me forever. Why? Now I want to die, never having memories of her. My mind is so torn, I wish I had never been born. Now I drift to another world of complete blackness and lost composure. Therefore I had nothing to compete with, so I shift into sleep and unsure how to wake from here. Now I'm fading away, who's going to console my soul? Where would my heart depart off to, as this question stays hiding in Jose? I slowly laid into my eternal rest, my spirit would be nocturnal, as I explore for more requests to replenish my form just to see the one I love again. I'll always remember a day in September, October, November, and even December. For those seasons, we shared most, for giving a reason to say I dearly loved her. And even though my words are few, but my heart will always be true. 
and the poem developed into a version from prose to free verse as followed. The one I love has vanished without a trace, banished beyond this universe. I am in the state of distraught, unsure how to carry on. The warmth at my bedside is misplaced, never knowing when the shattered glass will ever get replaced. No one can know she is gone. At first they would sympathize, then involve the police. They would drown me with questions. Not long they will mark me as a suspect. In no time they will exercise my rights. Soon I'll feel the neighbor's menacing eyes. It will drive me into further depression. Onset impression, gone from their faces. I cannot alarm others with this grim situation. In good intentions, it's best to let go and not involve others. Let them envision my action with suspicion. I'll do what's right. Search the high heavens. I'll endure the savannah's smoldering wilt. I can't seem to put aside the loss. Why the fuck did she not tell me how she felt? She lied to be at my side. Why? Now I wish to die. Dread should I ruminate her kittenish face. Now the house has an empty space. My mind is so torn, I wish I had never been born. Charon, here's a coin. Bury us into the void. Therefore my atoms are not reanimated, for another poor soul is jaded. With my troubling baggage, throw me at the sea to float in an endless drift. So I ship into slumber and never wake from this tumble sea drift. I'm fading away, it will console my soul. Where does the heart depart? I raise questions but no one answers. I slouch to lay my head into eternal rest. My spirit wanders into the nocturnal forest. Can you take up my request to replenish my form? Before the storm sets in, leaves changing hue in September, temperature lowers in October, leaves brown in November, and temperature plummets in December. This will be a long winter. They often cite seasons as a sign of home. Much into spring, the ground still covered in snow. For reasons unknown, scientists baffled by the phenomenon. Theologians shouting Armageddon. Drifting in my blanket snowmount cover, few words humming along as the cold winter fridges on. After that, I felt confident with the form, rhyme scheme, line break, and stop line, enjambment, and diction I chose. I was ready for phase three, the many revisions I would undertake. Phase three. In this phase, you continue to play and arrange words with more scrutiny while reading aloud to listen to its meter and discover components that best represent it. The key is to return to a poem you've written with fresh eyes. Take on an editor's perspective rather than seeing it as your creation you kept close at heart. Take a break from it and give yourself some time before engaging with it again. In the interim, write other poems, watch a movie, or play a video game. So when you return, consider finding the best words. Refine imagery, get intimate with figurative language, literary devices, and poetic elements. Listen to the pacing of lines with punctuation. Is the poem's tone set in the right mood? and read out loud, line by line, and the entire poem with each revision. The difficulty in the revision phase is knowing when a poem is done, right up to the few weeks before my book launch. I still made changes. You can clean up elements like plot, scenes, and character development in a novel or short story. However, poetic visual language makes it harder to discern what's final. And that's the nature of writing poems. It gets better, but hardly ever easier. Pay careful attention to how the poem progresses. You can always release the second edition as you get better with the craft. A poem is never finished, only abandoned. Paul Valerie. In continuation of phase two, I read the poem aloud several times, listening carefully to its meter, pace, homonyms, homophones, and tone. I want to point out both rhyme scheme and homonyms and homophones. In the former, the best way to determine if an end rhyme sounds forced is by reading out loud and listening for awkwardness in speech, then rewriting it until it sounds natural or removing it. As for the latter, homonyms or homophones, having a trusty dictionary and etymology source will help ensure you are using grammatically correct words. 
After several reading out loud sessions, I step back. I used to take time apart to come back and see new perspectives and apply any inspiration I discovered until I've reached the final free verse poem published in the book, The Cool and Warp of Hearts. The one I love banished without a trace, banished beyond this realm. I am in a state of distress, unsure how to bear forth and face the warmth at my bedside misplaced. Never knowing when the shattered glass will ever get replaced, no one must know of this, she is gone. At first they will sympathize and involve the police, then drown me with questions, not long from now they will mark me as a suspect, in no time they will exercise my rights, soon I feel the neighbor's menacing eyes, it will drag me into further depression, the onset impression gone from their faces. I cannot alarm others with this grim situation, in good intentions it's best to let go and not involve others. Let them envision my action with suspicion. I'll do what's right. I'll search the heavy moss. I'll endure the savannah smoldering welt. I can't seem to put aside the loss. Why the hell did she not tell me how she felt? She lay at my bedside, but why? While this dread hangs over, I wish it to die. Should I ruminate her kittenish face? But the house has a hollow space. My mind is torn. I wish this dread had never been born. Charon, here's a coin, ferry us into the void, and do not allow my atoms to reanimate, for another poor soul is jaded with my troubled soul. Cast me into the sea to float on an endless drift, so I'll shift into slumber and never wake from this tumble sea drift. I'm fading away, who will console my soul? Where does the heart depart? A raised question, but no one imparts an answer. I slouch to lay my head into eternal rest, my spirit wandering into the nocturnal forest. Can you take up my request to replenish my form before the storm sets in? The leaf changes hue in September, temperature lowers in October, leaves brown in November, and temperature plummets in December. This will be a long, long winter. They often cite seasons as a sign of home, but much into spring, the ground is still buried in snow. For reasons unknown, scientists baffled by the phenomenon, theologians shot in Armageddon, drifting in my blanket snowman cover. A few words humming along as the icy winter takes over. If you are someone who loves to read my entire poetry writing process with examples, then you can check out my free download where I provide the following. I provide the entire poetry writing process with an example poem published in my book, The Cool and Warp of Hearts, from start to finish. I provide this in several formats for free, such as a PDF and JPEG with an infographic. Lastly, the Google Doc template I use for every poem can be downloaded in other formats as well. So you can find the link in the description below, and I hope you enjoy it. The gist. A good poem is a contribution to reality. The world is never the same once a good poem has been added to it. A good poem helps to change the shape of the universe, helps to extend everyone's knowledge of himself and the world around him. Dylan Thomas. You will grow as long as you are open to life and trust your inner wisdom. As an author, writer, and poet, you will transcend your former self by looking ahead to tomorrow with more potential than yesterday. The best thing someone can do is to set a deadline for publication to free themselves from the bonds of perfectionism and let go of the poem for the world to read. In your next writing project, you can pause at some point and reflect by revisiting old work and see how much you have grown and how much your work has developed and instilled value in readers' lives. When it comes to writing anything like poetry, prose, or even a blog post, it all starts with an idea. In the ideation process, there are several methods, brainstorming, writing prompts, and inspiration to draw from. Some sources can come from life, fiction, history, and poetry. After having a wit of an idea, it's one method to help visualize and help summon the imagery, location, context, feeling, or theme. Let your unfettered mind explore without judgment. The essence of a poem, this can also be applied to other forms as well through free writing. 
Defining a message or your theme in a collection is helpful for youth where the poem are relevant and more important for readers seeking specific thematic collections, whether about love or death. Plus, it's easier to market and categorize on retail platforms. Once you have a clear grasp of a theme, there are several ways to organize a poem, either as a narrative arc or traditional storytelling acts or character development that includes change, discovery, and decision. So now you have an idea, develop enough free writing to work out the theme and the structure to organize. What's next? A word list and you have plenty of golden nuggets to sift from in the free writing. And this is a helpful step when you want to set rhyme scheme or play with literary devices like assonance or consonance. Remember, poetry is about choosing the best words in the best order. And that starts out playing around with words and their meaning. Depending on how comfortable you are with forms, I recommend using formal forms like sonnet or couplet rhymes rather than free verse when you are new and need to learn how to break the rules of language and more specifically the musicality of poetic language. When you have a good grasp of the overarching theme of a collection and each poem forms sub-themes, you can seek out relevant books or poets' work to help inspire your collection or specific verse. And like with prose, there will be many phases, first with rough draft of prose, then the second phase of turning into poetic form, and finally, many rounds of revision that may focus on imagery or pacing or perhaps identifying better words. What's essential throughout is reading the poems out loud and listen to how they sound.